0: Welcome to Sellersburg United Methodist Church podcast, where we bring our mission to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world to you, wherever you are. We are in our fourth week of Advent. Christmas is is coming. It's almost here, it's almost arrived. But, friends, hold, hold! We're not there yet, it's coming. We've been walking through Advent. The last few weeks, we've got the fourth candle lit. We've been telling the story of what happened 2,000 years ago, as we also tell the story of what will happen sometime in the future. We don't know when, how, where. Not even Jesus knows according to the gospel story. Only God knows. But we also tell about what's happening right now. In you, in me, in us. And we tell the story in Advent as a reminder. It's important to tell and to reflect upon amidst the packages, ribbons, and bows and Grinches to remember what this is all about. This is all about all three past, future, present, now. Our God is great. Amen? There is nothing God cannot do, right? Even though sometimes we live and act and think as if maybe that message isn't true, there is nothing God cannot do. All that ever has been and is and will be comes from God, from the furthest reaches of space. And in our our day and age, it seems like anyone can go to space. But we can look and, and with the most powerful telescopes, see really far but still can't see the depths of the infinite universe. And yet God is there. And even with the most powerful of microscopes, we can look to the most infinite depths of atoms and subatomic particles and many things I don't understand. We may never understand. And God is somehow there too. Amen? This greatness of God, I would liken it to standing before a great tidal wave. Or if you've ever stood and just looked at the ocean and witnessed the raw power and potential before you. There there awakened you a, a sense of fear. But we are not to be afraid of God's greatness, for God is good as well as great. And God's goodness is on display in grace and mercy and love and in Christ. And we tell that story to not be afraid. That goodness is present in the furthest reaches out and in the furthest reaches in God's There, we have nothing to fear. Amen? For God keeps promises. And we read our scripture to read of the promise that God made and fulfilled and is still going to fulfill for us. Are you with me? Today, we lit the candle of joy. We focus on joy in this time, the fulfillment of promise that we're going to read about in our scripture that comes in the most unlikely of ways. Just as the word of God did not come to the thrones and the places of power in first century, it came to John, that strange man in the wilderness. So also the fulfillment of God's promise does not come to those places, but somewhere else. In fact, one of the people in places of power, the great priest Zechariah, received the good news of God fulfilling promises and doubted and was silenced. A symbol of all the people who know and are in power being silenced because they were unprepared. And so our reading today features two women. One of them is the wife of Zechariah. And she believes. She's beyond her years of barrenness. She's well past the point of thinking that having children is still something that's possible for her, and yet God comes and makes the promise, and yet she feels the promise growing. I wonder what it was like for her to carry all those years, because in their culture there was great shame if you could not bear a child, specifically a son. So she's carried that her whole life, and now suddenly, suddenly things have changed. And then there's the other woman in our story today, a teenager, unwed, completely unprepared for being pregnant, and let alone that, being pregnant with the very Son of God. In the face of this enormous burden placed upon her, because it was a burden as much as it was a joy, Mary, in saying yes, also seeks confirmation, and she accepts the angel Gabriel's invitation to go and have confirmation by going to see her cousin, Elizabeth, wife of Zechariah. Luke 1, verses 39 through 55. Mary got up and hurried to a city in the Judean highlands. She entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. With a loud voice, she blurted out, God has blessed you above all women. He has blessed the child you carry. Why do I have this honor that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. Happy is she who believed that the Lord would fulfill the promises he made to her. Mary said, With all my heart I glorify the Lord. In the depths of who I am, I rejoice in God my Savior. He has looked with favor on the low status of his servant. Look, from now on, everyone will consider me highly favored, because the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is God's name. He shows me shows mercy to everyone, from one generation to the next, who honors him as God. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered those with arrogant thoughts and proud inclinations. He has pulled the powerful down from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty-handed. He has come to the aid of his servant Israel, remembering his mercy, just as he promised to our ancestors, to Abraham, and to Abraham's descendants forever. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Quite a scene in the world of art has produced many images of this wonderful moment when two unexpectedly expectant mothers-to-be meet and celebrate the wonders of what God is doing, of what has happened, what is happening, what will happen by this promise being fulfilled through them, in them, for them. There is leaping for joy in this encounter, not something I recommend for women that are pregnant, but these expectant mothers don't know how else to reply to what's happening. They celebrate the confirmation because in each other they have confirmation of something happening. Mary sees Elizabeth who is pregnant and that for her confirms what the angel has said. Elizabeth has experienced a leaping within her and if you've ever experienced the unexpected kick of a child and the disruption and wonder and joy it can bring, you understand it's It awakens you to a new reality, and she and Mary bless each other in this moment because they are experiencing something unexpected, and how do they celebrate this unexpected news of joy and confirmation? They casually sing and discuss the downfall of earthly empires and injustice all around because that's what we do, right? It's such a great moment, they look beyond themselves. While they are blessed, they also see the bigger picture, what's happening. That's what we would have done, right? We would have discussed the kings and the raising up of the lowly and the humbling of the mighty. The scene is a refreshing surprise, full of hope, full of joy. The scene is also so hilariously God. If anything and anyone that, Prophets, priests, biblical scholars, scribes, the experts would have ever imagined. If they would have pictured what it's going to look like when God fulfills this promise, they would never have imagined this. And yet, it's exactly how God intended it to happen. Amen? It's completely backward and upside down from the way we often structure things. But it's not upside down and backward. We are upside down and backward. Amen? If we're honest with ourselves, we're upside down and backward. And so the understanding that God is flipping things right side up is a source of joy for us. The reign of God, the kingdom ushered in through these women will turn everything over. And it's going to be felt across the whole world. There will be talk of blessing for the poor for the next 2,000 years, and action taken place to do just that, not the rich, the poor. There will be healing and salvation experienced by the outcast, not the elite, through what's happening in these women. The first will be last, and the last will be first through the coming of this kingdom. The captives and oppressed are going to be released, and the captors and oppressors are going to be brought down. The proud and arrogant will be scattered, divided, by the strength of God. And frankly, the religious side of each one of us, we don't know what to do with this. Because religious practice and piety, as good as they can be, they are unprepared to contain the uncontainable God. And we, we run to our practice and our piety, but God is inviting us to be a part of something bigger. Why else would God have chosen two women the way that God did? The mold is shattered, and this is a cause for joy because we are in the midst of the same kind of realities faced then, division, disruption, and disappointment because the chaos created by humanity when we have ordered things the wrong way, it's, it's prevalent, amen? But God takes initiative to see things put right. God takes initiative, and that's what we see in this story. Through Elizabeth and Mary, It's God who has acted and will enter into that division, disruption, and disappointment and redeem humanity from it and somehow use humanity and redeem us through it every step of the way. You and me as well. It's a cause for joy. The kingdom of God is arriving. The world completely changed then. It will all the way change someday, and it can change today. It did. We have proof. That's why we tell the story. So what, what does this mean for us? How do we bring this ancient story into our lives? We're called to believe as Mary did. Mary wasn't sure, but she believed. And then she went and made an effort at the beckoning of the angel and, and found confirmation. She went to Elizabeth, and then all of a sudden she erupts with joy because suddenly She knows with no doubts, it's more than faith now. So we go. If you need to go and find signs to believe that this is true, go and find them. Look around, it doesn't take much. Now, what are the signs that we see? We saw a lot of devastation last weekend in Mayfield and in Western Kentucky. But did you know that so many people came to help that they had to turn people away? if so many showed up to help. Is that not a sign? Perfect strangers going to help people they don't know, giving of themselves to the capacity that they couldn't even put them all to use. How many times have we seen this? We see it in all sorts of disasters that occur because good people happen to bad situations. We have all experienced difficult circumstances in the last 20 months. COVID? Are we sick of COVID yet? And the way that it continues to impact and and seems to resurface with new waves and new questions, lots of different versions of new answers. And all the while we're disrupted and we're feeling it. And not only that, but we have people in the streets protesting, some peaceful, some not but they're all standing up and waving fists at injustice. There are courtrooms that are holding lives in the balance, and there is a system that is in turmoil, and we, we can't not see it. Our denomination is in turmoil. We can't not see it, but still we have hope. Amen? Still we have joy. Still we have witnessed to God of Jesus Christ, God of all that has been done, God of the promise at work, even now. And we've all seen the signs. And I invite you to tell each other about the signs you've seen because it won't take long for you to see them too. You all have relationships with people, friends, families, parents, siblings, children, neighbors, and there's a little bit of strife and tension in relationships these days. Maybe, maybe you're thinking of one right now, a relationship that's been hurt, either by disagreement, either by just family dynamics, friend dynamics, misunderstandings, politics, religion, or maybe it's just because you've been apart for so long that you have forgotten what it's like to be in the room with this person you love, But still we gather around trees and tables this week. We gather in sanctuaries with one another. And somehow, in the gathering, things can change. Amen? Still the opportunity exists for mending and reconciliation. It's not too late. That's one beautiful thing about this season, that it offers us the chance to be together. And I urge you to take it. Be with those you're struggling with because as Christians we know hope is not lost we know that God is not done the story is not over the peace of God is available the love of God is being poured out and God is still calling us God is still calling you to be the very means that these upside-down world worlds become right side up again that these relationships that are broken find mending Because you have the greatness of God with you and you have the goodness of God with you. God is still empowering us, still empowering you with the very presence of Christ being birthed in you and all the possibilities that come when we believe. God wants you to be the very vessel of restorative power and presence to become a reality in your world. Do you believe? Or do you need to go and see? Go. Go and see. Do you need to find a fellow companion in faith and either share or commiserate or conspire about what God is doing? Go and find them. Are you willing to submit yourself and how you think things are going to go and what it is you think you know? Are you willing to lay that down and allow God to work in the most unexpected ways? let us approach these questions this week. I'm not going to resolve them. I offer them. And as we step toward Christmas and the arrival and the birth and all that it means, I invite you to prepare yourself. Be ready so that when the work of God, when the power and presence of Christ arrives, we'll be ready to kneel at that manger and adore our King of this right-side-up kingdom. So prepare yourselves, and if you can, friends, leap for joy. Leap for joy for the greatness and the goodness of God. Amen? Amen. We thank you for worshiping with us, and it is our hope that through the Holy Spirit you have felt the touch of God upon your life. If you would like to know more about our church and its ministries, please visit our website at sellersburgumc.com.